Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Online Choir Podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner. It is March Madness, but usually we are focused more on football now because Illinois hasn't been in the tournament, but we are going to take some time outside of talking about number one seed Illini, which I think 30 of the last 32 podcasts have been about. I, I didn't look into that, but I'm, that seems like a good guesstimate there. We are going to take a, a sidetrack here and talk a little bit about spring football because we were able to chat with Brett Bielma for about 45 minutes on Thursday, March 18th, the first day of the NCAA tournament with the first four. But spring football is just around the corner. It starts March 23rd. They'll start Tuesday, and they'll go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, throughout the rest of the month uh, into April. And they will have their spring game, Monday Night Football, on April 19th. Uh, so the Illini will have a spring game. You will see it live on TV. And us media will get a chance to see probably some stretching and some warmups, and then we'll take all of that and figure out what this team is all about. But joining me today on the podcast is Joey Wagner, Illini Inquirer writer. Joey, we got to chat with Brett Bielema, which, man, it is a breath of fresh air to talk to an Illinois football coach and to be given like two, three-minute answers and details about his program. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, it was like, okay, basketball starts so we can really fill our notebooks on these media availabilities. And and now it's like, oh, my gosh, Brett gives us a lot of information. And he doesn't you know, really leave a lot of room for interpretation. If this is what we're doing, this is how it's going to go. And it's so – it is refreshing. And I, I've really battled a lot with this, Jeremy. Like, I don't want to keep rehashing the comparison because I think it's March. And I think it's time to, to understand that this is a new regime. But – Days like today make me step back and for better or for worse, mentally make the comparison about how different things are between the way that that Lovey ran things and the way that Brett ran things. And someone can make the argument there's no right or wrong way to do it. That's fine. But for us, in terms of the content gathering, this is a really good way and a really fun way. And, and I think Brett does this for a reason, right? I, he doesn't just chat it up with the media just because he loves sitting there talking with you and I across from a computer screen all day. Um, as we've gotten to know Brett a little bit through these, and I, I've met him in person for, for a couple times, for a couple minutes, um, he is incredibly detailed. There, There is a plan in place, man, and, and down to the detail. And you can tell... He's a little bit more cuddly right now with the media than he was at Wisconsin. Because when I hear from Wisconsin writers, he was not very cuddly with the media. He did not give uh, all that much. And if you asked him a question he didn't like, he would let you know it. Now, he's, he's a different person. He's gone through different things since then over the last decade plus. Um, but you can tell, I, I think he's taking the right approach for the Illinois job. You know, Lovey Smith, that can work if you're winning. And you're at a program where there's a lot of supporters and you're winning and all of that. When you're not, 
you, you need to sell yourself or when you're a program that doesn't have much cachet, you got to sell yourself. And I think Brett through us and through his media and public opportunities, he's gone out of his way to tell you, this is our plan. Get on board. And he's been impressive doing it. And I think that's why when he first got hired, I think the reaction was, hmm, right? It was kind of like, nah, it didn't work out last time. They're going retread, right? But then every time he talks and every time you see him follow up with that action, whether it's recruiting or his roster or whatever, um, I think he's he's bought a lot of people and, and people have bought into him, right? And I think that's all planned. And I think you know, being open with us, especially right now, makes a ton of sense. And it is a huge part of your job as a college hedge coach to sell, right? You have to be a salesman. And Brett Bielma right now is embracing that. Lovey Smith never really did. And that's fine if you win, but he didn't win. So it, it didn't help him. Yeah, Brett knows that it probably has to win over the good graces of some fans who have who have wandered astray the last few years and of recruits. I, I mean, he wants this window, at least my read of it is, is he wants the, the blinds open. He wants everybody to look in and see what this is going to be. And he doesn't have to, you know, it feels like it, my guess is if a recruit's going into a Zoom meeting and they paid any attention or done any research, there's a baseline level of information they're going to have going in. And I think that accelerates and it lets him, he really cares to know people. And I think that, you know, get some of the, you know, the, the stuff out of the way beforehand, right? Some of the details, let's just get to know one another. And, and I think all of this is a master plan. Like you said, I, I don't like he hates talking to us, no. but I think there's a lot of things he would probably rather be doing. And that's fine. I mean, every, literally every single coach in the country probably feels that way, but he knows the value of the message he's putting out right now when it really needs to be put out. Just like Brad Underwood. Brad Underwood yes. knows that, but he's very patient with us and asking questions, some more than others. And he answers those questions and he gets his program out there. He's selling his program and he understands uh, the, the value of that. But I also think there is a an authenticity to Brett, right? Like I, I think he really is a people person and he really is, you know, from everyone I hear from in the program, Joey, the family thing, everyone says, hey, we're family. From everything I hear, people think say, "Hey, th that's true, Jeremy." Like he, he's he he wants to know us and he gets to know us, and we feel like we're more of a family. While Lovey was more just, "Hey, this is a professional environment, right? Like we're we're, we're employees. I'm your boss. This is the way it goes." Sure, he had good tight relationships with certain people, but I do think in a college atmosphere, that stuff matters a, a little bit more. And you know, you work maybe just a little bit harder. You you want to drive just a little bit more for the guy who seems to, you know, really, really, really care about you and you feel like is is family to you. So it seems like, you know, that's working right now. Of course, as Brett admits all the time, Joey, it's the honeymoon. It, it is absolutely the honeymoon right now. They haven't lost any games. They're not three and nine in year one, right? And it's like, uh oh, I, do I want to be here? Right? Like that's not what's happening. But um, you know, with what he can control so far, I think he's done a really good job. I agreed on all of that. Now let's pump the brakes. We're not getting a free pass into spring football practice here. Okay. So like that's where the, today we saw a little bit of that, the, the competitive side of Brett where it's like, Hey, I'll, you know, I want to be transparent and open with you guys, but I understand in doing that, I'm also transparent and open with Nebraska who we're going to see yeah. week one. And we're not trying to do that, but yeah, I, I just think that for, again, for us, and I hate to make it, it is a breath of fresh air, but now we're starting to see the football nuggets as we get closer 
to actual football things, we're starting to see all of those kind of come to the table. And it begins in spring ball that starts next Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's let's get to talk about some of the things that we either have questions about or we're starting to get small answers about. And one thing that stuck out to me is is off-season workouts. I, I've been hearing just little birdies, Joey, tell me, man, tanks workouts, a little bit different, a little bit different. I don't know exactly, and we're hoping to talk with Tank uh, again here soon, about some of those specifics. Um, for more of what I heard, he's a little bit more new school than, than Lou Hernandez was. I mean, Lou was big weights, hard work, right? All of that. But we're talking about pliability, uh, all those different things. But also, you know, these guys seem, you know, winded by what they're going through right now. Even Brett mentioned that. So I know you talked to Vidarian Lowe about it, but even I'm hearing uh, it's way different, but different in a good way so far. Yeah, I think there's a lot of emphasis on stretching, on recovery, on resting and stuff. And again, you know, we don't want to throw Lou under because we know that a lot of people speak very highly of what Lou Hernandez did while he was in Champaign. But this is different. And it it sounds like it's it's pushed in different ways. And again, right now we're speculating a little bit. I've heard the same thing. Obviously, I've talked to Vidari and I've talked to some other people hearing some of the same things where it's like, hey, this is a really, really smart approach to how they're doing things. The guys are really, really buying in. And I can't wait to talk to Tank to understand a little bit about where these pieces come from and how they got put together. But it's different. And Brett said as much, they said, look, there was, you know, maybe I'm paraphrasing here, but a little bit of a shock factor, like those first couple of days, like this is very different. Some some uh, garbage can visits to uh, to get sick. I mean, this is like some like that to me was like the old school stuff, right? Like that's what you always. I, I was like, about. do you want to say that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, and stuff like that, that you know, they're, they're still like you know, it is a little new school, but they're not you know massaging their way through this. Like this is a really hard work, and, and I thought one of the interesting things Brett talked about today was these one on one battles they had in week six and. and Let's be honest, like those aren't new. No one's reinventing the wheel here with those. But the thought process is, it was what interested me. It was like, okay, it's week five. We see we're starting to maybe lose a little bit of, of that motivation or interest with a bunch of college kids in an eight-week run-until-you-drop type of operation here. So let's change it a little bit. Let, let, let's start to, to light the competitive match in here and still get to where they want to go. And and again, I, that's probably not new, but to hear Brett say that, that it was kind of eye-opening to me to say, hey, okay, I read where these guys were at, Tank read where they were, they were at, so let's adjust and let's let's give them the workout, but let's put it in a different light. Yeah, so it'd be very interesting to see you know how these guys look different and to talk with the players about uh, how that you know changed them because you do see some guys that gained weight, you see some guys that lost weight. If you look at the official roster, which they just released a couple of days ago, so you can go up and down that. I, I didn't see anything that was like, Whoa, I guess you know, Shimon Cooper losing weight was a surprise to me, but I don't know uh, if that's like he's gonna play Rover or something. Um, I, I can't look too much into that. Like Anthony Shipton lost some weight, um, Dion Pate lost some weight, so maybe he's more of kind of a, a three down lineman defensive end rather than a defensive tackle. We'll see. We'll see what these guys look like in person. But this was an evaluation of their roster, seeing this movement, seeing how these guys go through workouts. And the coaches, due to an NCAA rule change here, at least for this year, uh, were able to get a couple hours uh, of being able to kind of you know 
teach these guys on the field uh, through some workouts. Now, you can't have a ball out there. You can't do all that stuff. Uh, but they did see some of their movement patterns. And I asked Brett today, just how does he evaluate his roster? Like how much has he evaluated his roster through two months? And, and you can tell he's got a good idea. Uh, he's watched a lot of film of these guys. You have some people on staff who know these guys. I think Brett went in with a, a blank slate, but you know, Corey Patterson could tell him, Hey, this guy can play right. Or, or this guy might look good, but it doesn't translate on the field. This is what he's got to work on. Or guys like Pat Embleton uh, can do that as well. Tim Knox that are on staff. Uh, but he did say he was maybe surprised by some positions. And I think for me, he might be surprised that, you know, Illinois, who struggled so much, what they have in the trenches. I, I think they got some depth there. I think they got some young talent on the defensive line. I think the offensive line has a couple guys who can play at the next level. Um, and, and I think there's some talent in the defensive backfield if he can get the most out of it. Uh, but he also said there, there's some positions that concern him as well and, and positions we've talked about a, a lot here, Joey. So obviously spring ball is that next step of evaluating this roster and, and playing football, you learn a heck of a lot more of, about him than just, you know, running around in shorts. Yeah. I think one of the positions he's probably, I, I would suspect he's happy with, or maybe unexpected is the running back group. That is, that is a really talented running back room. And it was before they added chase Hayden. And I know they're going to get a Josh McCray. who's just going to be a freshman. But that's a good room. And if you're from what we think we know about the offense and what Brett Bielema and Tony Peterson want to do, that's a good sign for them to have a good running back room. And probably I would say tight ends too uh, with Luke Ford and Daniel Barker. But it's so interesting to see how they develop that. Like Brett talked about sitting kind of up in – it's his Zoom room, but for people who haven't been in there, like it's an over – you overlook the indoor. Like it's a big glass door and you can step out a little bit. If I'm remembering correctly, yep. there's a balcony where you can watch. So you're there and you're present. You're kind of the eye in the sky. But as he talked about, you're not right there on the sidelines, kind of peering over the shoulder of these guys who – I'm sure feel this desire to impress the new guy because they want to play snaps in a football game. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you got to impress the coaching staff. So to to be able to evaluate, but also to let Tank Wright have his space. And and that's really important. He talked about when they came in in January, they had the baseline test, right? Where are you at right now? And if I'm remembering correctly, those weren't very fun tests. Like those were hard tests too. And now they're doing it again. You're seeing the improvement and to get to that, they had to step off and, and evaluate in different ways. So it's so unique, especially with COVID and kind of the lingering, just weirdness. I don't know how much of an impact it had, but it's in the back of my mind all the time. I would have to think it's in the back of a lot of people's mind all the time when you're dealing with something like that to get the right evaluations and see how the pieces fit all the while you're developing what the heck you want to do. And so there's so many different variations and I think you can get a good level of information, but come Tuesday when they're out on the practice field, you're going to start to see a lot more of that kind of come to light and the pieces of the puzzle get put together. One thing obviously we want to know so bad is what schemes are they running? Like what, what is the style of play that we're going to see for Illinois football? And and if no one listened to my uh, podcast with, Tony Peterson, he, he was pretty honest about what he was going to do. I mean, when we got into a conversation about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was basically like, yeah, that, that's, that's what I want to run is power run football, a couple tight ends if we have good tight ends, and they have some. And, and Daniel Barker and, and obviously Luke Ford 
is very, very talented. Um, so I think that's kind of the style they want to run with some spread kind of schemes if they have enough wide receivers to do that. Um, so I, I think we have a, a decent idea of what he's going to do, like a little bit of Wisconsin, uh, but a little bit of what he did at Minnesota as well. Um, so I, I think you're going to have a power kind of run, but you're also going to have some spread elements of that, right? The defensive scheme, Ryan Walters played things with you a little bit closer to the vest, Joey, but we're starting to understand more. I mean, you're getting bits and pieces of this with how they're recruiting, right? You get a, you get Dwayne The Rock Johnson on your team to be an outside linebacker who's an edge rusher, right? A, a kind of old school, th- not old school, but a 3-4 outside linebacker, but not exactly, right? And that, that's what Brett kind of got into today is you see Isaiah Gay and Owen Carney and, and Seth Coleman and Cooper Davis all listed as outside linebackers on the new roster, and that, that sends off a signal to me. This is definitely a different scheme, um, and I do think they're going to have a lot of three-man fronts. But even Brett said today, those guys will still play some defensive end. They're just going to be stand-up guys. They're going to mm-hmm. see the field more. They're going to see more uh, pre-snap motions. But then my last question in the press conference was about, you know, we want to pigeonhole you. We want to label what, what this defense is. Should we do that? Like, is it not that simple anymore? And he said, yeah, we, we're going to run 4-2 concepts. We're going to run – you know, maybe some three, four, maybe some two man fronts, which we saw with again the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They started in a two, two, what, two, four, five, I believe. So I think you're going to see multiple. I, I think it's going to be harder for us to just label things because, you know, play to play, drive to drive, team to team, opponent to opponent. I think you're going to see a, a lot more um, versatility and a lot more Joey. Um, how would I, I say this? A lot more chess match with their defense rather than Lovey, who was basically like, this is what we do. And it was easy for offenses to figure it out and quarterbacks to figure it out. I think Brett's going to, and Brett and Ryan and, and Kevin Kane and Andy Boo, I think they're going to be a lot more um, hidden with, with what they do and, and be a little bit more versatile. Yeah, I think for two months, Jeremy, you've been leading the charge of quit with the numbers and just use the word multiple because that's what this is going to be. And we are seeing that. And there's going to be a, you know, what's the base package going to be is really what it comes down to. And, and how all, there's all sorts of, what's fun about this is we're learning so much about all of these guys and the way that they go about doing things and how it works. But it, it's going to be different. And it's, I think we got so used, like you and I and everybody else on the beat, you'd see it's like, okay, he's lined up here. It's going to be this. And, and like, I mean, it's just, that's what Lovey did. And Lovey had a lot of success. No one's going to, in his career, not necessarily in Champagne. So, like, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, it's you can make the argument that it didn't work, and clearly it didn't, but that's what he did, and that's fine. But you look at this, and you know, there's just a lot of different backgrounds too, right? Like, all of these guys have different, you know, thumbprints on different defenses, so we're going to see that. And it's nice that, you know, one of the things that I was impressed with with Ryan Walters is he didn't come in and say, surprise, you know, here's what it is and this is what it's going to be. So I think that multiple will really, it's got to help Illinois, right? I mean, yeah. we, we heard opposing pregame coaches or pre- coaches and pregame pressers like, yeah, they pretty much do this and that's what it's going to be. And, and you can dial it up. Like you got two tight ends, good night. Like yeah. see you next week, this thing's over. And I, I think people will, whether it works immediately, whether it takes a year or two years, we're starting to see the pieces in place of just being versatile, being different, understanding 
where the college game is now, especially on the defensive end. Yeah. Uh, disguise. That was one of the words I was looking for. They disguise yeah. things, right? Like when, when they're trying this. So, okay. So I, I think we're going to find out the defensive scheme will be a lot different, right? And I, I think that's a great thing. Um, offensively, though, I do think we have a, a position that we're really concerned about because it, it hasn't been one that's been very good for Illinois. Let's talk about that when we come back from a quick break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Joey. Uh, we talked to Tony Peterson right after he got the job, and it was right after Brandon Peters came back. And both of us kind of like talked to each other and said, well, I guess it's Brandon Peters' job. And I, I, think it, I think it is. I think Brandon Peters will be QB1 entering the spring. Um, and I think he is the kind of quarterback, at least prototype, skill-wise, right, size-wise, arm strength, that's what we're going to see Tony Peterson recruit to, and it's what we've seen him offer. I think we've learned a lot of things about what these guys want to do by the scholarship offers they put out. And, and as you said, pro-style quarterbacks are, are what they've been going after. Uh, but Brett did say some interesting things uh, about Brandon today. Uh, obviously, he said arm strength's great, he's got the tools, but we need to hear him talk more. And, and Rod Smith, I think, after a year, just said, hey, this is who Brandon is. Uh, we have to adjust to him. But I do think one of the things Brandon struggled with is when things go wrong on the field, he struggles to get his team out of it. He struggles to elevate his team. And part of that is communication. Part of that, he's got bad body language at times. And, and that Wisconsin game, the post-game press conference, I didn't think was a very good moment for Brandon Peters. Kind of like saying, oh, the receiver dropped this or, or saying that. And I, I was pressured all night. I don't think that was good. And then you saw Isaiah Williams come in. And the one thing I tell people about covering Isaiah as a recruit is he's he's got an it factor. Um, he's small, but he is the biggest leader, um, one of the best leaders I've seen at the high school level. And when he came into the game, the team perked up. Now, sure, the games were out of hand sometimes, but the team, you could tell, perked up and played a little bit better, and he elevated uh, his teammates along with just his natural playmaking ability. So he's obviously not refined uh, as a passer, but Joey, in my opinion, I I think this has to be an open battle. Uh, I I think, and from what I understand, Brett's going to allow that because he's he's heard about those things with Isaiah, and I think today, him bringing that up about Brandon, uh, I think that shows that Isaiah's not the perfect fit here, but if he's the one who elevates the team, I, I think he he deserves a chance, and I think he'll get a chance. Yeah, and that goes back to just what we've talked about on the other side of the ball, catering your defense or catering your defense to who you have. If who you have on the offensive side at quarterback is Isaiah Williams, well, then you got to move things around to make that happen. And I thought that the comments about Brandon 
I kind of we've been out of this Zoom for a couple two hours now, probably Jeremy, since, since we hung up, and I've I've gone back and forth a little bit on those because one I thought okay. Like this isn't new to us. Like we we've known that that Brandon's more of a quiet guy. We've seen it, and I think that personality can work if you want it to work. And you know maybe can't. It doesn't sound like it sounds like at Michigan that was you know maybe there was a disconnect there with him and Harbaugh and the way that he wasn't as vocal. And I thought well maybe Brett was you know just said that and it was just kind of a, a gloss over type thing. And I thought well what we went back to at the beginning of this podcast there aren't a lot of gloss over things right. The, the, I think he said that on purpose. I think he wants to light Brandon, you know, get a little bit of a fuse there. But you're right about Isaiah. Listen to the post games when players would go in, and especially early on, we say, well, what about Isaiah? It's like, oh, my gosh, oh, geez, this guy, this guy, this guy. And we heard some of that with Brandon. I mean, I remember Reggie Corbin telling us, like, loves him. Brandon, got it. He's got it. So of course I will say this Reggie had, I mean, Brandon was by far the most talented quarterback Reggie was ever with. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's not the best like line to draw there, but I also, and Brandon does seem like a night, like a good dude. I think he's hilarious. He's really smart. Yeah. So, and if that's the missing piece, you know, can this coaching staff connect with them in a different way to get that more vocal out of him? That's such an interesting storyline going into camp. Look, I don't know if that's going to be a make or break, factor right like i don't know if it's like well yeah you know he's not very loud so he's not our guy i mean it, that's maybe not the best approach to have all the time but the wisconsin comments and i don't want to rehash something a 22 year old kid said four months ago but to let people in a little bit i think most of us on that row in the press box took our headphones off and looked at each other and was like didn't see that coming mm-hmm. I, I didn't see some of those comments coming and to be fair i don't remember hearing them much more after that granted he didn't we didn't talk to him again for like a month and a half but it's it's that is such an interesting battle because i'm with you jeremy i thought the way tony peterson like his introductory press conference i was like that doesn't even feel like a battle at this point like this sounds a lot to me like brandon peters but then as you piece a little bit more together i think there is a level of you're trying to light him fuse a little bit and how close is that battle really? And I, we won't know that answer yeah. for about a month, but I, I'm really interested in it. Yeah. I hope, I hope they give Isaiah a chance. Right. And if he wins it, let him win it. Right. Um, and, and if Brandon wins it, he, he wins it. And I, I think Brandon will win it just because I think yeah. he's more of what they're looking for. Um, and, you know, I think he'll get the opportunity. Maybe a new coaching staff really helps him, but he's had two different coaching staffs. Right. And, and he's, he's still been inconsistent and, and inaccurate at times and just hasn't elevated his team quite as much uh, as his coaches have wanted him to. So I like Brandon. Uh, I, I think he's a very talented quarterback. And uh, but but if Isaiah gives you a better chance to win, if you can figure that out this spring, then you got to move forward with him. I will also say, and this is the kind of the lingering thing over is, and I like Brandon too. I feel, I feel like I kind of dunked on the kid a little bit, or guy a little bit there. But he, no, I, I love like, talking ball. I love talking ball with him. He, right, he reminds right. me. Of, he, like he reminds me a lot of Wes Lunt. And, you know, he's a better. He can move more. I think he can. You know, do a little bit more with his legs. Uh, Wes was probably a better thrower, uh, accuracy wise. But um, quiet guys. You question how much they could elevate their teams. But talking ball with them, man, they're 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 a blast to do that with. So so here's the lingering question I have is. One, Brandon's probably the better fit in the system that we we think we're going to see. And if he is, 
and they go a different route, then Isaiah can help you at another position of need, whereas Brandon cannot. Yep. So that that is the other kind of piece in this chess match here is, one, you, you're making kind of a pretty big commitment there if you do decide to go a different position route with Isaiah. That, I mean, that's a big deal because it was appealing to him to be able to play quarterback in college. So that that's not a move you can just make and walk away from. There's going to have to be some appropriate levels of discussion around that. But you help two positions in that case if that's the route that you go. And not only that, like the one position that you're helping, wide receiver, needs a lot of freaking help. So I was going to ask you what what position do you think was number one on Brett Bielema's like because he said he's concerned about some positions right uh, for me it's it's wide receiver like I, I know linebacker has some depth issues especially in the spring uh, and and they need a lot of linebackers but for me like you get Jake Hansen back that just gives you such a boost I, I think. Uh, Tariq Barnes is going to be really good. I think Kalon Tolson, if whether you play him as you know this weak side rover, whatever they're going to have in this defense, I think he can play that pretty well. I think Shimon Cooper still has plenty of potential, and he's just a really good football player. Uh, whenever he gets on the field, he seems to be around the ball, so I, I just hope he gets more of an opportunity. There's not a lot of depth there, right? So th- that's a big concern. Uh, and then you add C.J. Hart, which obviously helps. But wide receivers it. Uh, huge, huge concern. I, Brian Hightower has talent. I think he can be pretty good for you. I think Jafar Armstrong was one of the most important transfers you can get. But outside of that, I, I, I don't know what to expect. I, I mean, I hope Kyron Cumby or James Frenchie can help you uh, in the slot and, and maybe all over the field. But on the on the outside, like Dale Von Campbell, you lost Casey Washington, uh, Desmond Dan, like I. I I don't know who the playmakers are there. And if you have injuries there, like for me, that's got to be another position that if they have turnover this off season, I'm looking at a blue shirt as a wide receiver, just to give me another piece who can, who can make some plays. Yeah. I would have said Jeremy probably three weeks ago, like linebacker is a problem in my opinion. And then Jake came back and that really at least bought you a year to figure some of the rest of it out a little bit. And and one, Jake is really, really good. Like it, it bought you a year, but it also gave you a, like an all Big Ten linebacker to right. put in there. But wide receiver, like we talked about this and like the players who need to step up. And you could have made 10 of them as a wide receiver because there's just like Brian Hightower needs to step up in the sense that we didn't mention Donnie Navarro, by the way. Always overlooked. Even we overlooked him. He's so overlooked and he's so consistent. He's not like the big play guy. But he is so consistent in what he does. And there's a there's a lot to be said to be the safety blanket that Donnie Navarro offers a lot of quarterback because the dude is almost always open. Yes. Like, it might take a second, but the dude is almost always open somehow. But, like, Hightower needs to step into that number one role. He doesn't – you know, I'm not saying he had a bad year last year, but now there's just a different expectation of what Illinois needs out of him. Do you notice he was really good with Isaiah? Like, all of a sudden, when Isaiah came in the game <laughs> – Brian Hightower became a playmaker. I, it, was, it was just very interesting to me. Um, also, a guy moving back there. I, he's fast. I don't know anything else about him. Kamari Thompson. Like, is that is that a guy that we should be like, I'm going to watch him. Like, can, can he do anything for you? I don't know. But if, if he could just run straight down the field for a couple times, maybe he can help you. And the way we picture this off, remember how much of a blanket the tight ends we suspect are going to be. And just the, their availability as pass catchers. They're not going to take the top off of anything. Daniel Barker might come pretty close as a tight end. Like he's he's such a mismatch there. Would he be 
Like if we set like who's going to lead the team in receptions, I think I'd go Barker. It's him yeah. or Hightower, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you you think with Luke Ford's body and what we know of him, like he would be a guy. But then the other part of it is like, well, I've got to see it at some point. Yeah. And you know, maybe he didn't get a fair shake last year. I don't know. I mean, I, probably here's the thing, Jimmy. We'll probably never know on the record enough to report it. That's just a fact. Like, yeah. We just don't know. Maybe it was just he wasn't delivering. We don't know. Um, Donnie Navarro, maybe just because he's so available. Like he's just a he very available very much last year. He just didn't play very much last year. Like he fell down that depth chart. Um, and I thought he should have played just a little bit more. Cause like you said, at least he gets open. Like he just gets open. He can be a safety blanket for you. There's wasn't a lot of talent here that could get separation. And, and maybe that's a scheme. Maybe that's something Tony Peterson, uh, can really fix and maybe unlock with, with some of these guys. Cause you know, I, I don't want to put too many expectations on Patrick Bryant who doesn't get here until, you know, June. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't know what to expect out of James Frenchie uh, as a redshirt freshman, you know, Kyron Gumby, I think could be a fun player. I'm, I'm really interested to see if Tony uses him in, in some, you know, jet sweeps, stuff like that. I, I saw him run that sometimes um, at Appalachian state, but this will be a running football team. Uh, that's for sure. And, that's why it'd be interesting with the personnel wide receiver. Is Isaiah Williams the guy to kind of you know give you your offensive identity? I don't know. I, I, that's why I thought with Rod, but Rod went with Brandon. Yeah, and you know I, we always said like Brandon did. Brandon could operate and exist inside of Rod's system, but yeah. that wasn't a system designed for Brandon's skill set. And somebody just like it was so good with AJ. Now AJ couldn't really throw the ball. AJ Bush. Couldn't really throw the ball very well. But, like, the running part of it was a thumbs up. Like, with Rod, when he was there, he had, like, half of it each time. He had either the running element, but the passing just wasn't there. Or the passing, but the running was there, but it wasn't really there. And we, I don't think we ever saw Rod's offense out full go. And, you know, take it for what it's worth, I guess. I don't know why we didn't. And you can make an argument maybe we should have with, with Isaiah Williams. But so interesting. And, yeah, wide receiver, man year 150 in a row we're talking about wide receiver as an issue here uh we talked a little bit about the strengths i, I think the the lines are, are a strength relatively for for illinois i mean we know alex palcheski if healthy will play he's obviously not gonna be available for the spring so i think for a guy like julian pearl this is a really beneficial spring a guy like brevin jones or you know even a jordan slaughter um you know or brevin you know moses akpala I'm, I'm really interested to see what he looks like because he looks huge the well, videos we've seen i know just terrifying i know what he looks like he looks like an yeah, nfl yeah, yeah. left tackle but like how did he was so yeah. raw in high school i mean he, he was new to football for the most part but but that body is he's he's all bus team. Like, is he a football player? Is he a left tackle or a right tackle? I'm really interested to see what he looks like. But Doug Kramer, Blake Jarosati on the interior. Uh, one guy I think that could be a breakout candidate on the offensive line is Virtus. I, mm-hmm. I thought Virtus was was fine last year. I thought he was serviceable and and, and solid. Uh, and where he was in his development, that is good. Like yeah. fine and serviceable, year one starter, thumbs up for Virtus Brown. That's how Nick Algretti was, right? As as, as uh, a redshirt sophomore, and then he took off uh, from there. So I, I think Virtus Brown could be really really good if he takes a step forward. So those are some of the guys I'm interested on in the offensive line, but defensive line, uh, you got something to work with there, man. Like. Roderick Perry wasn't healthy for three games, I, and and he's a really important piece. We had him what number 
three on the guys returning. At least that's where I drafted him in our super seniors returning. I think he's so important at, at nose guard there. Uh, Jamal Wood just needs to stay healthy, but Isaiah Gay, Owen Carney, Seth Coleman kind of as your rush linebackers. But I, I'm a huge fan of Johnny Newton. I, I think Johnny Newton can be great. Calvin Avery, not having to rely on him as your starter, I think is a great benefit for both him and Illinois. Uh, but they got a, they got a two deep there, Joey. That I think is is pretty exciting. I think there's real talent. Like you know Keith Randolph, I didn't even mention yet. There, there's like you know four star caliber talent, like real Power Five talent that you know Michigan State programs like that have had in the past. So I, I think at least for this year. Uh, offensive line, defensive line are relative strengths for this team. Um, obviously, the offensive line, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about for the long term. But for this year, due to all the super seniors, I, I think I think got talent there. And I think there's some young guys. Uh, I'm really interested to see if they take the next step. Yeah, defensive line, I'm probably a lot just in terms of the depth. I, I think the ends are probably a little bit better right now. or There's more depth on the ends than in the interior. I'm a huge Keith Randolph fan. I just think he's going to be really, really good. And because he was, you know, fairly raw coming into as a freshman, I mean, he, he did not play football for very long and really kind of went to football kicking and screaming a little bit. Like this dude was a basketball player. And there's this development with him. And I'm with you too, Johnny Newton, man. I, I'm all the way sold on this guy. I think he's going to be good. I had Calvin in our who needs to step up probably higher than I should have just given the fact that Rod Perry was back. But if someone can get the talent out of Calvin Avery that Calvin Avery has, suddenly you're however many guys you're going to put on that defensive line, that's good. I mean, you can sub him and Rod Perry out if you can get the level of talent to the top, man. That is a really good interior. And then you still got Jamal Woods in the mix. I mean, all you count on Calvin is what, 20 plays a game, right? Like, you know, 20, 20 plays a game. And, and we saw against, I thought Penn State, he made some plays. He was like one of the huge bright spots for that game. I mean, the defense was awful in that game, but I thought he um, made some plays. So I, I think they will be, you know, is the defensive line top half of the Big Ten? I, I don't know because the Big Ten's so dang good. But, you know, for Illinois' sake, I think because of all those super seniors, I think they could be pretty solid. The secondary was one of the most disappointing groups on the team last year, Joey. They do get Tony Adams back. They lost Nate Hobbs. And you know how big of a Nate Hobbs fan I am, and I'm even bigger of a Nate Hobbs fan uh, after what he did in his pro day. Um, Just an elite athlete. And he had a bad year for him last year there's no question the tape was not good it's it's a huge question for nfl teams uh and that was reinforced yesterday with what i was told but tony adams does come back you got devin witherspoon the ultimate x factor is marquez beeson i'm really interested to see you know what he looks like what his confidence is because he was definitely not confident last year he wasn't very physical uh when he played but we know you know, that first week of practice, the only week of practice we've actually seen him, he was dominant as a true freshman in his first week of practice. If he gets that back, if he's fully healthy, we know he can be a player. But safety was one of the worst positions on the team last year. And and, and Sidney Brown had a bad year. And he had a really inconsistent sophomore year, even though he was an all-Big Ten third guy. Um but I, I think Quan Martin should should get a chance there. You know, um, Eddie Smith is coming in in, in the in the summer, 
But Prather Hudson is here. I think he'll get a shot if he can be reliable. If he can be there, he's not as ripped as Fedge, but if, but if he can be there, hey, this is our strong safety, comes up, makes tackles. Uh, I don't think they'd be afraid of coming up and playing him. I, I, I think Sidney Brown's best position could be nickel. Um, to be honest with you, I think he's better in the box. But you know, Derek Smith had a bad year. Sidney Brown had a bad year. I thought by the end of the year, Quanah Martin was was their best safety back there. Yeah, it's, I've kind of tried to like level this out in my mind because I'm still pretty high on the defensive backs at Illinois. Like I know relative to the rest of like I, I I'm with you. Like I think there's some pieces back there, even without Nate, but they just underperform time over. So if, if Ryan Walters, who has a background with defensive back, like that is a specialty for him. If he can get them to, to where their potential is. Yeah. Dude, Quan Martin, remember how good he was as a freshman? I think it was his freshman year. Maybe. Yeah. I think, I think Isaac Trotter and I would remind you some of those, he had three picks, right? In his freshman year, his true freshman yeah. year. Um, some of those were fortunate. <laughs> um, yeah, he had some fortunate picks, which happens. I mean, every every DB gets some fortunate picks. But yeah, I mean, he was he was you know early in the season was a bright spot. Now as the season went along, he got picked on. Uh, but I think I think safety is his natural position. He's he's a good athlete. He's rangy. I, I just haven't given up on him. I've never given up on him because I still think uh, he's got a good skill set. I do think there's talent to work with, and you know, with Ryan Walters and Aaron Henry. Both those guys walk into that secondary room. Not that Lovey Smith didn't, of course, right? But both those guys walk into that room with all conference credentials as players, but also are pretty proven coaches. So I think Aaron Henry's kind of the hype man there. And I think, you know, for Devin Witherspoon and Marquez Beast, and I think he'll be great. Um, but also Ryan Walters, kind of this calm, cool, collected, you know, more cerebral guy. Uh, I think that can really help guys like Sidney Brown. I will say about Aaron Henry, I talked to somebody earlier this week or late last week, one of the two, and their words were, he's a rising star. He's going to be a coordinator one day. I mean, he's very, very well thought of in this field. He's played. He has an ability to connect. And I, I kind of feel bad looking over him and going right to Ryan Walters. But there's some guys there who can really maximize that potential back there. And I, I forgot a little bit about Devin Witherspoon. I shouldn't have, obviously. The best corner last year. Best, best secondary piece, I think, last year. Th- there are some – there are pieces there. And, and, you know, again, what will the system – how much of the system will allow them to be the best version of themselves? And But I, I think if you look at this, like, that's a spot that if I'm the coaching staff – from an outsider's point of view who hasn't watched these workouts with Tank and, and been in on the film study, I'm kind of feeling pretty solid about it. I, I really, really am. And, you know, I don't know how much – I don't expect any of the freshmen to contribute right now at all. But – Yeah, I think guys can get in the – I think there could be one in the two deep. Uh, Jory Washington having an injury. I'm, I'm high on him for the long term. Um, but I think a guy like – you know, Daniel Edwards or Tyler Strain uh, could find their way into, you know, the the fourth or fifth cornerback spot. Like Devin Witherspoon did. Yeah. Like Devin Witherspoon did. So I, I just think there's enough there. And you look at the front end and the back end and good. And now that Jake Hansen, you, you kind of feel better about the linebacker, but an alternative universe when Jake Hansen does his pro day yesterday, you're looking at this linebacker room like, oh no, <laughs> like this is not great. Yeah, because I mean, Tariq Barnes and Kalon Tolson had had 
know, ACL injuries. Shimon Cooper had an ankle fracture. So, I mean, maybe I, I haven't, I don't know this for sure, but maybe Shimon could get back for some practice. I don't know. Uh, but you're going to be very short. You're going to be playing a lot of walk-ons. Dylan Rosiak is going to get a lot of reps in spring ball. So good, good for him. Uh, but you're going to have a lot of walk-ons playing at linebacker. So 4-2 makes a little bit of sense, especially uh, in spring ball. We forgot to mention this. Uh, no offense to him. But maybe a not-so-positive sign for the wide receiver room is is Caleb Griffin getting reps at wide receiver. I love Caleb. Caleb's awesome. He's a really good athlete. Uh, obviously, the best punt returner on the team last year just because he caught the ball consistently. Uh, but he's going to get a chance, Brett said, to to compete for the kicker job. I mean, James McCord has proven himself as a solid Big Ten kicker. Uh, but Caleb, I think, can be that as well. But I guess George McDonald saw him in workouts and said, Hey, can we get this guy in the field? And Brett said, I, I want his energy. I want his leadership. Uh, Caleb's just a program guy, man. But uh, do you think we'll see Caleb Griffin actually get reps at wide receiver during the season, Joey? I, I don't know if that'd be a good sign for Illinois, but I would love it. I'd love to cover it for, for Caleb. I think it'd be fine. And look, Caleb's a really good athlete. Yes. Like, he's a really, really good athlete. I don't know, man. I, I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I hope we don't have to cover that story for Illinois' sake because, hey, listen, can Caleb do it and, and do a serviceable job? Probably because Caleb's a fantastic athlete and a great kid and a, a great program guy, as I said. But um, that, that wouldn't be a, a good sign for, for Illinois' wide receiver core, in my opinion. Look, I have been saying this for a year now. We need some fake field goals out here because Caleb Griffin is going to make those things happen. So let's wide receiver more like, you know, place kicker slash fake specialist. That's what we need from Caleb Griffin. Like that would be great to see. I mean, I do get why they'd want him just involved. I do too. I mean, I'm not trying to diminish. Because, no, because he, like, Caleb he's obviously got good hands. And like, we've seen it even just like when we could go to camp, him kind of messing. Do you remember him and Trayvon? Sidney? Yes. I was about to like, bring that up. One handed stuff. And I'm like, what? Like yeah. you, you're just booting through 50 yard field goals like 20 minutes ago. Is that the, that was like the go-to thing of Trayvon Sidney's career was just practice one hand catches like that. That's what, that's what he did. I mean, he suffered so many injuries. Uh, yeah, I feel sure. bad for the kid, but Caleb was there and Caleb would do the same thing. Caleb gets involved in everything, man. Like he wants to be, he, in, he's like, everywhere. And, everywhere. He, and you know that from Danville because he played every sport. Every like he would get involved and play baseball, soccer, basketball, football, whatever he could get into. He he'd go and play. Like he just loves being involved. I know he's a huge Illinois fan, like basketball and all these other sports. He's supportive of everything. Just a dude. I, I Illinois is fortunate uh, to have in their program, and I think I think Brett Bielma already can feel you know the, the positivity he brings. There's an up uh, like there's something about him. The kid's going to be a coach one day. He just is, and it just but between now and then, he happens to be a really good kicker and a really good athlete, and you just can't have enough of those. You want, and Brett's talked about since day one. Tough, smart, dependable. You're, you're saying everything about Caleb Griffin, and I like. You're right. I don't want to cover it in the sense of like, you know, it kind of. Elmer kind of got dunked on a little bit when they put a kicker back there last year to field punts. Like people nationally and around, are like, what the heck is going on here? And I would expect maybe a similar reaction if he lines up at wide receiver. But those of us who cover it know, like, this isn't some burning fire out there, right? Like, he can do it in a serviceable enough way. But if it gets to that point, then you're starting to look around a little bit and be like, I don't think this is – 
this is great. Right yeah, now. I mean, if you're doing that like in a, a non-conference game, cool. Like, hey, these cute yeah. stories, you're up by 35 points or something like that. If you're ever to put him out there against like, you know, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. That's- <laughs> so I, I don't think you want those stories to be like the, the Monday story. We go, Cal, we got to write something positive about these guys, right? Like, let's put this story uh, out there. I, I don't think that's what you want to do. All right, Joe. The running back distinction. That I mean, at least for his last game, put P slash RB. Oh, boy, K. Sorry, over. I talked over you. Like, come on. That's what we're. I mean, he is a running back in our hearts. <laughs> the best juke I've ever seen on air. Uh, that certainly <laughs> certainly is the case. Uh, you mentioned running backs. We even, I just want to mention the running backs, right? Like Chase Brown, Chase Aiden, Mike Epstein, Reggie Love. I think that's your top four. Chikari Norwood, Nick Fidanzo, uh, Fidanzo, and Josh McCray. Like that. That's a really good group. I, I think you got. I mean, Mike Epstein, we know is really good when he's healthy. A huge Chase Brown here, fan here. I mean, he's just he's so good. He's just really talented. And I don't even think he's refined yet as a running back. Like I think there's things he can clean up. Chase Aiden, we know if healthy, kind of like Epstein, um, he can be very effective. And he just seems like a good presence, a veteran presence. And then Reggie Love, I, I think, has some like Reggie Corbin type you know, jukes to him, but he's also got some size there. And, you know, Wisconsin wanted him. So I, I think Brett Bielema, I know he wasn't coaching there when they offered Reggie Love, but I think Brett Bielema like Reggie Love as well. Yeah, I'm actually a really big Reggie Love fan, especially in this system. And, you know, you can just imagine a spot where it's just to wear you down with, with the stable of running backs that they've got. And that's, that's what, Brett, again, it sounds like that's what they want the offense to be. Yeah, and Tony Peterson, um, you know, sometimes people are like, well, only two running backs are going to get touches. Tony Peterson had like four running backs with 60-plus carries at Appalachian State. So I can see them, you know, running through a lot of these guys, especially now that we're getting back to a 12-game season here. Yeah, that's going to be such an interesting dynamic to follow because we get – and so do fans. I mean, everybody who watches it gets so caught up in the yardage, right? Like, okay, they wreck – and, like, there's a lot to say for that. Like, the more yards, the better. That's not – news but i think if you look at it and kind of understand where you're sending in a fresh guy and there's just that burst like i think the way that we expect this offense to run they actually walked like the wide receiver's a problem we have covered that time over but you get an offensive line if you're brett bielman and tony peterson that's experienced that's got talent and then you've got a lot of running backs who have talent and for the most part have experience you can do a lot with that. You and just can't. Pair of tight ends. Uh, pair of tight ends who I think, you know, if healthy, um, you know, I don't like the depth at tight end, but you got two tight ends who I think can be very effective. And at least, you know, have, you have a quarterback who has a lot of experience in the Big Ten that, that kind of fits what you want in your scheme. So there, there's some working pieces there. And I think that's the biggest thing Brett Bielma probably sees is, you know, I have a roster that has holes I need to fix for the long term. There's a lot of work to do for the long term of this program. But as a starting point, he's not coming in to what, you know, Lovey Smith or, or you know, I, I thought Tim Beckman actually took over his solid program. Like, I think he's taken over more what Tim Beckman took over, which was a roster that didn't live up to expectations the year before. Uh, but still there's talent there. And I think there's some next level talent that if coached well, and if put in the right schemes, unlike Tim Beckman, I think you have a good starting point to where, you can win five, six games, and, and you can have, hey, look what we did year one. 
more recruits buy into this. I think you'll probably be a little worse off next year, uh, but at least you'll have a good starting point to start your program. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we should say, if there's no super seniors, if if the NCAA Ooh. doesn't pass that, this is a tall order. Let, let me for- let me go down that. What would be your starting offensive line? Jordan Slaughter, Virtus Brown, Julian Pearl, Jarasati, because you get a medical. Brevin Jones, Pfeiffer Griffin, Blaze Sparks, right? Like that, that's what your offensive line will look like. And, and some of those guys can play, I'm sure, but it's just a lot more questions. Defensive line, you'd be Calvin Avery, Seth Coleman, Keith Randolph, John Newton, Johnny Newton, maybe Jamal Woods if he's back, which there's some talent there. But, but we're talking about a team that I don't think is going to be very competitive. So here's the thing. I mean, I, I know we've all, you know, over the course of the last two months, we've kind of parsed through, like, is this in a better, you know, is this roster really in a better place than it was five years ago? Depth-wise, this, is, this roster is not in a great place in terms of depth. But if you just look straight up at the number ones because of the super seniors, you can make an argument that this roster is in an okay place today a year from now totally different discussion we're having yeah. you're right but and we'll see how they do the transfer portal and what what kind of you know work they really put into that but man it just step back and think if there's no super seniors where this is and it is tough it, it is just a really tough place and and brett bielma recognizes that he's not blind he, he said like hey this is a positive for us we're getting these guys back thumbs up here we're happy but Man, there's just not a lot of depth right now to this team. Anything else you want to add, Joey? Anything else that stuck out from today with Brett Beal? Hey, we get some spring some spring access, right? Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a fun spring. We'll be able to go for, like you said, some stretching and whatever that entails at 8 o'clock in the morning and maybe a little bit of a cold champagne day. But just the access to talk to some of these guys again, and we're going to talk to assistants and to Brett and to players, that's going to help because we're – like everybody else, we're trying to piece together what this is going to be. And and you don't just piece it by only talking to Brett or you don't, you, you got to get a bunch of different people. So credit to him. I know he's still got the secrecy thing that he wants to hold. And I get that. That's fine. I mean, it is what it is. I hope it's not as similar in fall because yeah. I know you, like we loved spending all those mornings. Yeah. No, it's, it's great to, to get there. And it's going to be great just to see these guys in person again, um, even if it's just a long distance wave. Um, but it, it will be nice to, to see these guys a little bit and just to see what Brett Bielma has in store. But, you know, Lovey Smith and, and Ron Zook and all these coaches, Tim Beckman, they, they have the same thing, media access for spring ball. Spring ball is a little bit more secretive because you don't want to show everybody your hand. Uh, but, but Lovey was open in the fall. We're not sure how Brett uh, will look, but, you know, Brett has had, you know, I think Illinois just has a history of, you know, hey, fans, you know, come see us, come support us. And assuming we're a little bit different of where we are in August with vaccines and all of this, I, I think Brett will be pretty open to having some some open practices and, and scrimmages and things like that. So I think fans will probably eventually, based on history here at Illinois, uh, have that opportunity as well. We will cover the heck out of spring ball. We will be there. We will tell you what we know. We will tell you what we hear. Um, and whatever we see in stretches or what a guy looks like in position drills before we get kicked out, uh, we'll, we'll have full coverage of that. So check us out at Illini Inquire for that. Signing off for Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. If you don't have us, uh, subscribe 
to us, rate us, review us wherever you get our podcasts. We appreciate when you do that. Appreciate a little football talk in the middle of this basketball madness, but we'll get to the basketball content right uh, next after this because we got an NCAA tournament game to recap after Illinois against Drexel on Friday. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.